0: This is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to celebrate Lord's Supper. And the passage of Scripture that we're going to deal with today is that Jesus is telling a story about a great banquet that's been prepared and how invitations were sent. And, and what it really means to us and says to us is that this is God's offer, His invitation to us uh, to come and be a part of the kingdom of God. And we're going to tie that in with Lord's Supper today, that this week before Thanksgiving, uh, we, the Sunday before Thanksgiving... We're going to experience some gratitude in our heart as we celebrate Lord's Supper because of what God has done for us. Uh, he's extended to us the offer to come to this table as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the elements of the cup and bread which remind us of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given in sacrifice. So we want to be thinking about uh, how grateful we are for God, for his love for us, for all the provisions he's made for our salvation as we hear the scripture and the story for today. I was reminded as we're talking about uh, Thanksgiving coming up and eating and, and um, uh, we will eat from this table as well today. and Take the nourishment spiritually for our bodies and the bread and the cup. About a Sunday school teacher was talking to her children about uh, some proper behavior in, in the worship time. And so she said, suppose your parents were taking you out to a really nice expensive restaurant to eat. What, what do you think would be some instructions that they would give to you? One little girl said, I think they would say, don't play with your food. Another one said, I think they would say, don't be loud. And another one said, don't chew with your mouth open. Another one said, don't talk with your mouth full. And every round and round room they went to got this one little boy hadn't said a word, hadn't made any indication he had anything to say. And the teacher said, Johnny, if your parents took you out to a nice restaurant to eat, what do you think they would tell you? And he said, they'd tell me to order something cheap. Well, what we come to celebrate today in the Lord's Supper is not cheap. We're reminded of the cost of our salvation as we celebrate Lord's Supper. We're reminded of the love of God. We're reminded of the sacrifice of God that he gave to us in Jesus Christ. And so as we celebrate today, we think about being invited to a banquet that's eternal in the kingdom of God. The setting for the story that we'll read today is that Jesus is invited to a home of a Pharisee for a meal. If you look in chapter 14 of Luke's gospel chapter 14 verse 1 you'll find that the reason why is because it was a Sabbath and they were going to the Pharisees were going to be watching every move that Jesus made and listen carefully to every word that he said because they wanted to catch him and trap him because he had claimed to be the Messiah and they knew in their hearts this couldn't be the Messiah. The Messiah would come like David like a triumphant warring king coming home victorious with a grand entrance. And Jesus came as a baby born in Bethlehem to a peasant couple. And he himself was a carpenter by trade. This could not be the Messiah. Now some interesting things if you look there in that first 14 verses of, of Luke's gospel in chapter 14. You'll see some th- things. interesting things happened around the setting of that meal. First Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath. And that really torched the tunics of, of the Pharisees. That really set them off that Jesus would do something like that. Then he talked about, about how to choose your place when you would come to a table, invited to like, he, I think he gave the illustration of a marriage feast. And he talked about the fact that uh, when you're invited there, you know, when you go, don't take an honored seat but take a lower position because you don't want to be embarrassed when somebody comes and says to you, you, you you're not sitting up here at the head table, come your place is way down here. So he said don't do that. And the third thing he talked about was when you do have a great meal and you have family and friends over, he said, don't do that again. He says, but invite people who can't repay you like they would do. You know how that is. You got uh, uh, friends in a circle, you kind of swap around where you're going to go. Somebody has you at their house one month, you go to the other couple's house the next month, you know. Or somebody has you over, the next thing you know, you feel like you need to have them over. Jesus said, don't do that with your friends and your neighbors who can repay you. He said, do it with what? He looks at the end of that chapter and he says, do it with the the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, he says. Now, what really gets Jesus to give us this teaching today is that at that moment in verse 15, we see that a man cried out and said, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Now that man made two presumptuous thoughts and statements in that one. First of all, he was thinking that he knew who would be a part of that kingdom of God. It would be those people who were gathered there in the home of the Pharisee. The second presumptuous thought that he made was that he knew what the kingdom of God would be like. And he was wrong on both accounts. And so that's why we find this recorded story, the parable of the great banquet that Jesus gives. And remember, it is, a, it is an invitation to us. And all that we read about the preparations made, the cost that's involved in this great banquet, and, and the sending out of the invitation and the gathering of the people, it's all about an invitation from God for us to come and be a part of the kingdom of God and accept Jesus Christ as Savior. And to have a thankful heart when we celebrate and remembering that in the Lord's Supper. So we look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, that is what Jesus said about inviting the poor, the lame, and the blind, he said, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus knew he had to correct him. So Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come. For everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Isn't that what Jesus had just said earlier about who should be invited to your home for your meal? Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. That's an intriguing parable that Jesus tells us. He's describing the kingdom of God and how we enter into the kingdom of God and what God has done to allow us to be a part of the kingdom of God. First of all, we notice the preparation. The kingdom of God is pictured as a feast, and it conjures up two images in our mind. The image of fellowship gathered around the table, the image of joy as we gather together with family and friends to share in that fellowship. But that's not really where we should focus our attention as we share that joy and experience. The key to focus on is the abundance of the preparations that have been made. Jesus called it a great banquet because it was executed out of a great love. It met a great need and it came at a great cost. This was God's love offering and gathering, invitation to everyone to come Respond to his invitation to be a part of the kingdom of God and to experience fellowship with God for all eternity. Then notice the invitation. In verse 17, he sent out the servant and said, come for everything is now ready. Back in that day in which Jesus lived, in which he told this story, there would actually be two invitations that would be sent for an event such as this. Today's society we're we're familiar with the uh, save the date card that you get a a friend or family member got a wedding planned about six months away they send you out a card that says save the date that we're going to get married on this date an invitation will come later and so they just want you to mark off that date put it on your calendar so that you will be there save the date. Well what they did in Jesus' day was when a man was going to have a great banquet like this he would send out his servants and say remember on such and such a day that so and so has invited you to come to his house for a great feast. And that was saying save the date. Remember that date. Then on that day when everything was ready and made ready and the time had come for that then the servants were sent out again to say now everything is ready come. And that's what we see here in verse 17. They sent out the servants and said, come for everything is now ready. When we think about this banquet to which God has invited us and that Jesus tells us about in this parable, it is a spiritual feast that Jesus makes available to us and presents several truths about our salvation that God offers to us. First is he he presents the simplicity of the salvation of our faith. Other religions say do this and go and do that. Our Christian faith is all based on God's gracious invitation to us that says, come. Everything has been done for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. We all enter into the kingdom of God because of the gracious invitation of God giving at Jesus' expense. And that invitation flows all the way through the Bible. In Isaiah 1, 18, God says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. That's talking about experiencing forgiveness and your sins being taken away. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Again, come to me. Then the last chapter, the last book of the Bible, Revelation Chapter 22, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. That's that simple invitation that God gives to us that says, come. Come unto me. We don't have to do. Everything has been done. Come unto me. And then this parable also emphasizes the availability of of salvation. Because of the simplicity of the plan, salvation is available to everyone. The heart of the gospel in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans ten thirteen everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We're reminded that salvation is available to every person. Everyone who hears. And we simply have the responsibility of responding to the offer of salvation. Salvation is not automatic. It's not universal. It's not forced. God gives you the invitation. He gives you the offer. He extends to you a wonderful invitation to come. Be a part of the kingdom. But your salvation depends upon your response. Romans 10, 9-10 reminds us, That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. The invitation is simple, come. The response is simple but yet profound. You have to confess, you have to believe, you have to come. And that reminds us then about the responses that we see. You would think that with an offer like this to come to perhaps a wealthy man's house and be invited there for a wonderful, scrumptuous dinner, that everybody would be excited about it. That date on their calendar would be marked and circled and ready, and they would be ready for that time, waiting for the servants to come back and say, "Now come, because everything has been made ready, but look what happens. One by one, they start giving excuses. One man says, I, I've just purchased some land and I've got to go look at it. I think what's implied in there is the man bought land without, without having seen it first. That's a dangerous thing to do, isn't it? You think you're buying oceanfront property in Arizona and it's not so. One man said he had newly obtained a, a yoke of oxen. He needed to go try them out. Who's going to buy oxen without really trying them out? That's, that's, that's foolish. I think these are simple mistakes. And the third guy says... I've newly acquired a wife and so I can't come. Now marriage precludes you from doing several things. We know that. But nothing in there told us that he couldn't come and bring his wife. I'm sure she would have enjoyed it as well. But they were just simply excuses for not responding to the wonderful invitation that God had sent forth. And ultimately we have to see ourselves in that that response so many times as well. How many times do you you feel God beckon you and call you and you come up with some kind of excuse why you have not yet entered into the kingdom of God and why you have not yet responded to God's gracious love through Jesus Christ and not accepted him as Savior of your life and the forgiver of your sins. In this story we see that when these who were invited first refused and came up with excuse after excuse the invitation did not stop there. It doesn't end the story. Because the master of the house sends the servants out again. And he says, go and invite the people that Jesus said you should invite in the first place. The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And then there was a second group, he said. Those who lived on the roads and country lanes. That is, those who might be out into the further recesses of the kingdom. He said, go get them and invite them. And the servant said, all that has been done and there's still room. It's a reminder to us. That the kingdom of God always has room for one more person. Heaven always has room for one more person. You just have to respond to that wonderful gracious invitation from God that says come. Everything now has been made ready. Now let's make the application to our life. It's an intriguing story isn't it? First of all it has significant meaning to those who would hear it first hand that day. Those religious leaders, the Pharisees, they would know it was pointed directly to them, telling them they weren't part of the kingdom of God. Religion was a game for them, a place of prestige and power. Position was important. Their honor was at stake. Jesus was indeed the Messiah, and they didn't accept him. They didn't recognize him. And it's reminded in the Scriptures, it tells us that Jesus came first to his own and they rejected him. And so what happened is then that that invitation was given out broader and broader and expanded out to the Gentiles. And you and I as believers in Christ today are here because of the reason that others rejected him than the message of Christ and the kingdom of God. And the invitation was extended further and further out and we are part of that. So the general, the general implication of this story is that There are those who will not receive and not respond to the kingdom of God and who will reject it. But then the individual part of the application of this is that we each hear the the invitation from our gracious God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's our decision, it's our response that allows us to come. Not because of our goodness, but because of the graciousness of God. This meal that we come to today and the kingdom of heaven, you know, it's it's not a covered dish supper in which we bring a dish because nothing would be worthy. But the banquet of the kingdom of God is prepared for us and is offered to us. All we have to do is to respond. John 3.16 says, whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, the good news is the response required is one that each of us can give. We simply acknowledge our need of Christ. We simply confess our sins. We simply repent of those sins. And we, we trust Christ as the Savior of our life and the forgiver of our sins. The invitation to this table is from a gracious Lord who gave his life. And we remember that today with gratitude as we share in the bread and the cup. The invitation to the kingdom of God is a gracious invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Who offered himself up as a sacrifice. The only sacrifice worthy of paying the sin debt that we owe to God. He invites you to come and be a part of the kingdom. And all you have to do is say yes and to come. So the invitation today is twofold. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a part of the kingdom, if you've heard that call and you've responded with your life, then you partake of the Lord's Supper today and you remember with gratitude what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. Then if you're not yet a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've not yet asked Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, the forgiver of your sins, then we ask you not to partake of the Lord's Supper until you're prepared for that, until you've accepted Him and received Him. Because you would be doing so in an unworthy manner. But it is an urgent call if you've not yet responded to the gracious invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. To receive Him as Savior. To receive Him as Lord. To respond with your life. And enter into a relationship for all eternity. Father we come to your table today with gratitude in our hearts because of your love for us. We come with thanksgiving upon our lips because you have given to us a gracious invitation to be a part of the kingdom, to live forever with you, to reign with you, and to judge the nations. We come today now, Father, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to partake in communion, to fellowship one with another. And we ask, Father, that we would have a thankful heart, a gracious heart, a grateful mind, and a grateful spirit as we remember the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.